Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back to throw versus Danny. Back all right, what's up? Welcome to the Friday edition of Canel and Bell. It's gone by fast, man. It's a whirlwind week. You were sick, so you've been out. It's Listen, good to have you back. Whatever that bug is that went through my damn house, <laughs> don't mess with. I it. don't wish that on anybody. I need bro. like a screen up in here. Hey, I'm man, that's five pounds minutes. like in two days of like. That's the one bright side, though. No, I kickstarted like, hey. my diet. Like I'm good to go, <laughs> exactly. but I feel so weak. Like I was having like headaches. I was in like uh withdrawal from like caffeine. I'm. It's like a struggle. Real. Oh, that's not good. Well, it's glad to have you back. Yeah, good to be back. Ton of stuff has transpired over the last 48 hours, last 24, especially with the NBA trade line, uh, trade deadline finished at three o'clock yesterday. There were some moves, not the big one. We'll get into that. Uh, there was also the NBA all-star draft, which took place. There's rule changes proposed in baseball. There's Kyler Murray, who's now going to the combine. What does it all mean? We're going to get to all of that. But let's start off with the NBA all-star, all-star draft last yep. night. My first thing that I was like bummed, it's not live. Yeah, I want to see live reaction. Like I know, and it was funny, and there were some good lines, and Charles Barkley's hilarious, and Giannis going at him talking about tampering. All this stuff is good, but I just would have rather seen it live. I feel like this is where we start. I, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of people sitting around. I didn't admittedly see it, right? Because right? right. I was probably somewhere on toilet somewhere. But <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> like, I think this is where the NBA starts, right? And you rolled it out there, and now you'll you'll get some feedback from people because I think a lot of people are in your camp where they would have liked to seen it live. Yep. I would actually like to see it get to a point where. You make a jersey for everybody in both colors, right? Like, so I, cause I know there's some, there's some moving parts here, but you make everyone a black and a white jersey yep. with their name, size, reversible, whatever, or, or I don't care. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, brand right. Jordan, you can make two yeah. jerseys. <laughs> and then we all get in the room with every participant in the room Ooh. the night before the draft. And we draft them like that. Like we're just at a pickup game, like at the YMCA on the sidelines. Yo, I got Danny. That'd be yo, fantastic. I got MJ. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'd like to see it. Evolve into something like that, where it's just because they don't really right, need to like practice. What do they need to practice for? They don't need practice. They don't need any practice. They're they're practice, practice right? Yeah, they'll go through some glorified like walkthroughs. They will. Pretty sure they do. Yeah, you have a really? couple, a couple walkthroughs to get some stuff down, but you're not doing anything. It devolves into like a, a pickup game anyway. So to your point, let's make it live. Let's make it like right before the game starts, the night before. Um, and let's get everybody who's being drafted in the room too, so you can get some genuine reaction to that. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want to right. say. Imagine the last dude getting ticked off, man. Like, I can't who was, passed on right. me. Sorry, go, go. But <laughs> no, 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 who, gonna... who do you think of all the people picked, right? And do we have the list? Do we have the list of everybody that was yeah, picked? And where yeah, yeah. LeBron picked? picked KD first. Yeah. Giannis's team first. I'll give you Giannis's team. Yeah. So he took Steph Curry first, needed the point guard. Then he had Joel Embiid. I thought Joel Embiid was going to be the last of the starters. Debo was doing his victory lap because he was actually taking third or fourth overall. So not a bad uh, spot there. Uh, Paul George, you got Kemba Walker, Chris Middleton, Nikola Jokic, Russell Westbrook, Greg Griffin, D'Angelo Russell, Vukovic, Kyle Lowry, Dirk Nowitzki. Of the people selected. On this team or the other team? Of the people selected overall last night. Yep. Who would have been the most pissed? Who would it have paid the most to have a camera on to get their reaction to where they were drafted in the process? Um, so like, Russell Westbrook went first bench warmer right like so i don't think he'd be upset i think he would be kind of have that chip on his shoulder if he wasn't all right so who's soft is kind of what do you think Kawhi is mad that he had two guys went over him on the bronze team i think russell westbrook i think you hit it on the right, head you I were right on him fuming <laughs> right i think that he was fuming what did he go he went number he, he went, went number six yeah like so number 13 overall and did he, he got go? traded he had to get traded for and that then too. he got traded like that would have been worth the price of admission for me to see russell westbrook watch as people selected like I don't know, Clay Thompson. 
Then Damian Lillard went ahead of him. Like, yeah. I would have paid to see that. I would have too. I think it's going to be like, I think the LeBron's team is stacked though. If you look at him getting Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving off the get go and Kawhi Leonard, like it goes on and on. Like if you look at it, we were talking about what a hypothetical spread would be. Yeah. 25. Like they're going to be yeah. 25 point favorite. Like they're that much better than the other guys out there. Um, there was some kind of under thing. So obviously LeBron wants to be a player. Him and Rich Paul. Kevin Durant up this offseason. Kyrie Irving up this offseason. Like a lot of these guys, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, like that he basically picked his squad based on who he would like to ultimately come to LA, which I don't think is a bad idea. Like, why not? Why wouldn't you do that? And it also happens to be the best team out there. Yeah, I look, think look at all these guys. Only James Harden and Anthony Davis, who is ironically is already the guy that asked the, the request of the trade. Yeah. He's gonna get him too. It's pretty interesting. I wouldn't put it past LeBron in his camp. They are pretty shrewd when it comes to uh when it comes to using media or whatever platform they have to kind of to send a message. But I, I think this one, I don't know, it's 50-50 because these are some, like, you, know, you would put Kevin Durant first. Yeah, I mean, you absolutely. Probably, I mean, you go you go Kyrie and Kawhi. Yeah, like, those are names. Two, well, he's the number two guy in the NFL, NBA. Yeah, so so I think some of that, like, is just what it is. But it is interesting, and it played right into his hands because, again, um, you know, the Lakers are already, that's strike one for them. Like, and I don't mean to segue this into something else, but like, the fact that they didn't get Anthony Davis was strike one. They can't afford, uh, strike two and three. It might be strike two, because strike one could have been last year when they didn't get Paul George. Right. They could have traded for him, and they thought he'd come in free agency, and they didn't get him. So strike two, not getting AD. So obviously, a lot of conversation has been about the trade deadline, the way things have unfolded. Giannis actually made the joke about LeBron with tampering. I mean, it's so, like, it's so <laughs> obvious and everybody knows it. Like, I actually give Giannis a lot of credit for putting it out there yeah. and having some fun with it. Uh, Charles Barkley joked and said, why don't you trade away your whole team? So right. You can get somebody like he's, they all know exactly what's going on. Do you think the damage that LeBron has done within his own locker room, do you think it can go away? Like, do you, or do you yeah. think it's permanent? No, I think it can go away. You think it, they can all, they can rally the troops and he can get them back on board and to buy into LeBron James? Um, even though they all know, he was going to sell him down the river. First of all, um, you always have uh, like there's always a barrier there because it's not LeBron selling you down the river. It's the Lakers. but it kind of is though. Everybody the, knows LeBron and Rich Paul. They they're pulling all the strings. It's the Lakers, man. You can always you can always hide behind yo. That's the, it's the Lakers. And whether you believe it to be LeBron, there's always some doubt there. Like you know you know what I mean. Like it's 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 Rob Palenka and it's magic. It's not exactly LeBron. And guys don't want to like they don't want to hang on to that. They want to play ball. And so you see him come out and they got rolled in Indiana. Right. But, we but. Didn't get to talk about that. Did you think the picture of LeBron on the bench no, all by himself? No. Guys had just went to check into the game. Right. Cause I, that's what I was, my first inclination was like, I wonder if this is one of those screen grabs. That's where a screen grab. Perfectly. And like everybody looks like the perfect. It looks like everybody wants it to be. Correct. And then it's not actually that. No, I mean, you don't think anybody was mad or he moved was a, down. Yeah. Everyone was mad. Everyone was mad. It was right. a great pick. I mean, it was the perfect time to screen grab. Right. But I, I think circumstances just kind of led up to that. Guys had just gotten up to check into the game and it left the gap between him and everybody else. Um, but then they came back last night in a game where they very easily could have let down and got rolled again in Boston playing against a really good team. They had, they had lost one in like their last 11. And, um, and they won, like they tooth and nail were down like 16 or 17 at one point, came all the way back. Rajon Rondo hits a huge shot, uh, to win it at the buzzer. And so to, to, to the point I was trying to make is guys don't want to hang on to that. It's a long season to be hanging on to animosity and, and beefing and so on and so on. And, and you can't change your, your, your fortune right now. We are what we are coming down the stretch. So if there's any way a guy can say, Hey, it's magic, not LeBron. Most guys are going to do that because it's too hard to hold on to the hate 
it's too long of a season. It can be miserable. So you you put that on put it on Magic, put it on Rob Polinka, and keep it moving. I think they'll be fine. Now I don't know that they're built like you know to challenge Golden State or the right. tier of the Western Conference, but I don't think this will be a thing that that uh, they're out of rails the, the Lakers. No, because that's the most important. Like I think that's the success that you want to see if you're a Lakers fan, if you're Magic Johnson, you're running this franchise. You would just want to make the playoffs this first year. So, like, give your fans something to hold on to. You see LeBron kind of do his thing. Because I think he's going to have to carry this team. There's going to be a lot to it. He's got some pieces around him. But I do think it's going to be challenging for him to do that. But I think you want to get to playoffs and then kind of see what goes from there. Because if you don't, then all of a sudden, all this guesswork, Luke Walton's future. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't even know if Luke Walton makes it throughout this. Well, did you see the post game yesterday when they asked Rondo? And Rondo threw, threw a nice shot. Like we gave him some compliments. Yeah, he really love. gave him some love to Luke Walton. Said, you know, coach stuck with this. He's doing a great job, which I really I appreciate. I'm sure Luke did too. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, right. Luke <laughs> for anybody, <laughs> get out of there. Like, take it so on. So, Coca didn't want us to bring this up. Right. I wanted to bring it up because uh Lonzo Ball's dad, Lavar Ball, yeah, out making the rounds. He's been quiet. Correct. He's been quiet. He goes on another show on FS1 and he starts calling out Magic Johnson. Starts calling out Luke Walton. Says the game plan is bad. Says his son's not getting enough shots. I thought it was an awful look, and I don't think he's doing his son any favors. And I think it's no coincidence that he waited until after the trade deadline to make those comments. That is a mess. Yeah, like I mean, what the rest of it's not a mess. Like the business of basketball, people can get over it. Like I've been in trade rumors. It doesn't feel good when it's happening, but once you get back into playing basketball, things usually work themselves out. That is a mess. Like Lavar Ball out there talking about. You know who is Magic Johnson? He doesn't have any clout. What I'm, you, a, I'm just as important as he is. You, listen. You're an idiot. You're a moron. Like, and, and I, I was a LeVar. I like LeVar. Like, I get that he carves out his niche and he's built this brand out, out of essentially a kid that can play basketball, right? You yep. one son, cause the other one's like the jury's out. Like, good for you in terms of entrepreneurial, like, like, uh, zeal. Uh, kudos. But now you gotta stop, bro, because your son's an NBA player and his fortunes and his destiny lie in someone else's hands. That is magic. Right. Right? And so he could... Who dan- almost just traded him away. Dude, not only could he... Uh, Danny, and I, I, I've told you a story on air about a general manager sending someone to a destination that was the worst possible place he could go out of pure spite. Yep. That's happened. The general manager told me as much. I'm not going to recount it again. But he said to me, sometimes you get what you deserve. Right. So, like, don't be poking the dude who holds your son's future in his hands. There's nothing good that can come out of that LeVar Ball. Stop. And when he's also trying to get his son to Phoenix, because he said that before the trade deadline, like, I don't want him to go to New Orleans, but if we could work it out, we go to Phoenix. I'd like to see him there. You think they're going to do you any favors? They're going to exile his ass. I know. He better be good. Can I say ass and on air? Because I just said it. Probably. Like, yeah, we're good. They're going to exile his butt. And that's what, that's been my biggest problem with VAR. I don't care if he's overbearing, if he's loud, but if he's a detrimental, you know, feature to, to no, you can't his do that. career, yeah. and, and that's what he's becoming. Um, detrimental to uh, Lonzo's career. That he is. I agree with you 100%. You know what? You know what's going to help the Lakers down the stretch? I want to take it right back. Like, because they didn't pull off the big deal with Anthony Davis. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, that, 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 that's a whole nother, like, uh, conversation we need to get into about yeah. what the Lakers look like if it doesn't work. But what will help them, and they didn't get talked about a lot because it wasn't the big sexy deal, is Re- Reggie Bullock is going to help them. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the ball. He can defend. He's not a high usage rate guy. You know, you want to pair guys with LeBron and, and some of those guys, uh, Brandon Ingram and those guys that can catch and shoot. Same with Mike Muscala, like a, a, a long, uh, catch and shoot perimeter big, uh, which is what you have to start pairing with LeBron and the type of guys because they're not a great shooting basketball team. Last night they shot it well. That's one of the reasons they beat Boston. But you brought in two guys that kind of fit the bill of the pieces that you want to start to put around LeBron 
and hopefully some of these other stars if they can ever get them. As part of this trade, they also cleared up a Lakers roster spot, which most people assume could go Carmelo. I hope it doesn't happen because I, I feel the same way I did about the Rockets. Like, I don't think you get any better by adding Carmelo. You don't. Uh, you know what? I mean, you just said, though, they need some shooting. Like, does that help? No. That he's aspect? not that good of a shooter. He's not that good of a catch-and-shoot guy. Like, and he doesn't defend anything. So, I mean, look, I, I, I don't have Melo's numbers in front of me, but I'd, I'd bet – I guess that Melo is like a 37% three-point shooter. Right. Um, at that point, I need you to be absolutely locked down on the other end. If you're going to be in the mid, like the low 40s, then you don't have to be a great defender, you know, but I would be, I'm 37. I'm probably doing him some favors. Do you probably, think what, mentally it would help LeBron? Like, do you think like having a guy like Carmelo there would just like calm him down a little bit? So stupid. What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you, Coco, what are you talking about? He's looking for the moral support. He's yeah, saying, I'm just saying, like on the team that he's on right now, with all the he's young a grown kids, grown man, bro. He's a, he's a, he, he's the goat. Like he calls himself the goat. He he came out and yeah. said he's the ask, goat. Da- right? Ask Danny how he feels about LeBron now. What about him? What did I what? Where you you've been talking about how much that you've 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 hated the person that like LeBron has turned into? Yes. But I think that adding somebody on his team this season, because this is like the most that he struggled in years, so struggling with this team that he has with all these young players, I think that using a roster spot with a friend, with somebody that he likes in Carmelo Anthony, can help him adjust a little bit more. So this is like Jack Haley on the team just to make sure Dennis Rodman doesn't go off the rails. Right, right. That's what you're saying? This is what this is the equivalent of? I think he's a big boy enough to handle himself without, but I think Coco makes a point. Like, does it make him more comfortable? Is this one of those comfort hires where it makes LeBron feel better because one of his buddies is there on the team with him? All jokes aside, all right, Coco, sorry for calling. Thirty-four percent. Thirty-four. Oh, dude, that's not like that's. I, you could look up thirty-five guys in the NBA that shoot better than that from a three-point line and will defend. Right. So here's the deal: if you have an open roster spot and it's just sitting there, and you want to bring Carmelo in, okay. Fine, if it's at the minimum and you're not going to try to force him into the lineup and ruin whatever little bit of chemistry that you have now. Like, if he's going to come in and be okay with that, where it's like, look, bro, you're here. You know, like, we got these young guys. They're going to play. I need you to be cool about this. Right. But he's not proven that he can go anywhere and do that. Right. So if you're going to bring him in and he's going to want the ball and he's going to want shots and he's going to want to be the Carmelo from five years ago, I say don't bring him in. Do you think – so LeBron after the game last night had some comments about his career because all this stuff went down, didn't get the guy they wanted. He said, there's nothing I need to get in this league that I don't already have. Everything else for me is just like icing on the cake. There's nothing I'm chasing. I don't know. Sometimes like we had Kevin Durant the other day who went off on the media. We have these. Sometimes I think we overanalyze so many things. It's like, oh, well, what did LeBron mean by this? What is he doing? He's not chasing anything. Clearly he's chasing another ring. He wants to win sure. championships. Every player does that. I don't really have a problem with these comments. I, I'm like, of all the stuff LeBron does, I don't think that's that big of a deal. No, I think this speaks to a guy who's like secure in, in what he's done and he's like, he's satisfied as like a person. Do you know what I mean? Like as a competitor, you, you always want to win. Like that's why you go out there and you train. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's why you go out there and you bust your tail all, all season to put yourself in a position to try to take a team to a championship. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think you should read into that that he's not trying to win championships, but it's, I think some people can be unsatisfied with kind of who they are. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. as a person, and so you're always, there's always a need for more. I, I don't think he has that anymore. LeBron is secure in his legacy, he's secure in who he is as a person and as a family dude, and so, you know, I think that's just kind of what he's speaking of. I'm not chasing anything. Yeah, I want to win championships, but I'm not chasing. And I'm, this might have been actually a very smart 
comment for negotiating tactic because look, they just tried to get the, the Pelicans tried to fleece them because they knew they were desperate. Sure. They felt like, hey, LeBron James, Magic Johnson, that Lakers franchise, they are chasing it and they're desperate to chase it. And I say good for the Lakers for not you know, getting worked over because everybody knows that. For them actually to pull the plug at the last minute and say, nope, we're done. We're done negotiating. I think it was a good move by the Lakers. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you, bro, because I, like we were on last week and both Rip and I said at the end of the day, they probably pulled the trigger. I thought it would be, I thought they'd settle on three first round picks probably and then, you know, all of the, the, the actual assets in terms of players that exist right now. But I still said at that point, you have really depleted your ability to do anything in the future. Um, but I thought that they might be enticed to do it because of the LeBron effect. Like yep. you do feel like you're up against it. You got to get it done. So I'm kind of with you. Like, you know, but hopefully for the Lakers fans, they, they can pair someone with him. See, here's the problem. LeBron is in decline. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still fantastic. And I watched him last night. Probably not fair to LeBron because he's coming off of that groin. He looked a little heavy. He looked like he didn't really have his legs under him. But I think even LeBron would tell you, like you, you're on the back end uh, of that, of that slope right now. That, that's in decline. And so I don't know. Honestly, I, I don't know. One side or the other, I don't know whether he is that much of an attraction as people think he is to other players. I don't know. I don't know that he's not. Right. But, you know, you've had an opportunity at one. He said no. He elected to stay in Oklahoma City with a guy who doesn't pass very much. Like, you know, at least that was the knock on him. Yeah. Like, kudos to Russell Westbrook. I'm a Russ fan. He started to figure it out. So I hope some of those naysayers go away. But, you you know, like if that was – if there was any situation where a guy might say, all right, cool, I want to go play with LeBron. could have been that one. Right. Um, So what happens, though, if you didn't liquidate all your assets to take a shot at AD and get him and you strike out, like, this summer? Like, what what happens then? You're left with an aging star who's not going to be able to get it done on his own. Trade deadline, though. So we did have some moves. The Sixers have decided to move on from Markel Fultz. I think this is probably one where it's best for everybody. There's too much baggage. We've seen a guy who has had this mysterious injury. It was revealed to be this TOS in his shoulder. No idea if he comes back from that. But if he wants to, it just feels like a fresh start. Like, just get him out of there. 100%. It was time for them to move on, I think. He's probably happy. I think they moved on too soon and should have seen. No, there's no, there's nothing else that they could do there. Cause right now there, where does he fit now in Philly? Right. Where does he fit there? They've moved on when they got him. They were in a spot where they could introduce him and he could kind of gel with guys, but they're past that point. You can't have a, a, like a rehab situation and a, and a guy trying to break into the NBA on your team at this point. It's time for him to go. Yeah. Orlando said they view him as a long-term project. Clearly he's going to be there. The Sixers clear nearly $10 million in cap space for the summer. So probably one of those win-win for both situations. Yeah. And it's just kind of sat like I, I don't like talking about busts, but he's probably going to go down as one of the biggest busts of all time in NBA draft history. And you've had some big ones, like some guys, you know, that have been number one overall picks. Yeah. How can you miss that bad on them? And it just shows you how much of a crapshoot it is when you're trying to project what guys are going to do no matter how talented they are. about Anthony Bennett, uh, Greg Oden, uh, Sam Bowie. Yep. And then, like, he's in the conversation now. And I, I look... I really do hope that he figures it out. I hope that that thoracic, like whatever it is, is a real thing. And that was the reason and right. not a mental thing. And, you know, I'll be the first to say, like, you know, my bad, uh, because I will be pulling for him. But there was no there was nothing left to be done there in Philly. And that is the question now, whether he'll be in that conversation with the names I just mentioned or whether he winds up being like a solid uh, NBA contributor. All right. So we got the Sixers who acquired uh, Tobias Harris to get their big four. Uh, yeah. Together. So when that trade went down, it was one of the first ones that went down. It was like, all right, shift to power. The Sixers sure. have the most talented roster. Toronto's sitting back saying, hold on a second. We're not going to uh, just take that. They trade for Marcus Gasol. 
And Milwaukee also makes a move for Nikola Meritich to try to, you know, boost their thing. So you have this arms race in the Eastern Conference. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. I think the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be a ton of fun to watch. Who do you think is the best team in the Eastern Conference now? That's really tough. Um, I would like you to ask me this question again in like three <laughs> get weeks. a little get get some intel, yeah. like watch them play together. Because I don't know. I mean, on paper, I would say Philly. This is just purely on paper because um, look, Boban is a really good, productive center. Like they're not all, like he doesn't play huge amounts of minutes, but he's a massive rim protecting, like really high efficiency dude offensively, if you believe it or not, around the rim. And um, I really think that uh, I really think that uh, the, the kid, what's his name? Jeez Louise! I used to go watch him play in high school. Why am I drawing a blank right now? On who? Tobias. Oh yeah, Tobias is a really really good player. You're talking yeah. about almost you know 20 points a game. You know, out there on a team with the Clippers that have been doing a lot more than people expected them to do. Here's the question: As it always is, when you start to accrue that much talent, is there enough shots? Are there enough shots to go around? Mm-hmm. Right, and and we already heard before this trade deadline that Jimmy Butler was a little bit upset, Joel Embiid's upset, like different guys right. were already kind of complaining about the roster as it constituted before you had another shooter come in. How do they handle that? While right, that's the question. And, and, and while Tobias Harris is a really, really good catch and shoot player, like he can do that, that's not ultimately what he wants to do. You don't average twenty and a half points a game in the NBA purely like on catch and shoots. As I say that, JJ Reddick's up there with eighteen points a game. Right, like, right. But he was the breadwinner in LA. So he had the ball in his hands. You understand what I'm saying? He's not coming out of a, a catch and shoot role, plugging into another catch and shoot role. I didn't even talk about somebody who I think is going to make a difference for them in their depth situation. Cause that would be the only thing with the Sixers going down the stretch. But Jonathan Simmons is a really tough minded, like, I don't know if he was undrafted or late second round draft pick. He's played, you know, on some really good teams. Like he's going to be a value there in, or in, uh, in Philadelphia. Yesterday, Harris said all he wants to do is move the ball. He's excited for ball movement with the Sixers. They all going to say that in the opening like, press conference, right? They're going to be there, but I actually like that roster probably the best because I like the mix of young, young and old. They've got some, you know, some seasoned vets and Reddick and Jimmy Butler. Yep. And then you got the young guys, the young guns who are coming in there. They're kind of excited for this, you know, opportunity. So I like them, but I also think Kawhi was the, the addition to Toronto that takes them to this next level. And then you throw in Marcus Gasol to the mix there too. And Toronto feels like they've been so close, been so, they, you know, they fire their coach, even though they, you know, had such a good season. Yeah. They're looking for, they make the trade. They're looking to take it to the next level. I think Marcus Gasol might be that guy. Marcus Gasol is an interesting pickup for them because he's, you know, he's a little long in the tooth. Right. Um, 34. That's, it's kind of like dog years. Too. Yeah. No, he, yeah. He, and he's done a lot of heavy lifting in, in, in Memphis. Um, they've been playing small a lot this year. Serge Ibaka's had this like, renaissance year it's because they moved him from the four to the five where he has like clear advantages in size and speed and he can stretch the floor and he shoots the ball so you bring in Marcus soul you know like okay so jonas valanchunas not a bad player Marcus soul's an upgrade from that yep. but jonas has had to like take a back seat this year and resign himself to playing whatever role they've asked him to play in toronto what do you do now with mark that's my question because like yeah, you could in theory move Surge back to the four, but I think that dramatically changes what you what you want to do. Pascal Siakam's been like thriving in that role. He's one of the most improved players in the NBA. So this is one where like on paper it looks good. Marcus Sol's an upgrade, but I could see chemistry being a real issue here. He's another guy, Marcus Sol, he needs the ball. And the good thing for them is sometimes Toronto goes into ISO ball with Kawhi. You know, Kawhi will ISO. He's a ball stopper at times. Mark can do that, and he can also facilitate. It just positions on the court 
uh, become interesting to me. Like, how are you going to bring Mark back and still play Pascal and, and, um, and, uh, Serge Ibaka and some of the bigs that you had in the positions that they've been really thriving in so far this year? You said three weeks, probably need two months to really figure out like what these guys look like, yeah. what's their constitute and how they, the kind of makeup of the team goes and flows with them. So the Pelicans, we talked to briefly about it in the last segment about Anthony Davis end up holding on to him. They put out a statement and to me, the statement was clearly a shot at both Anthony Davis and the Lakers and the NBA. Like, they're not happy with what's going, what's been right. going down. Uh, the quote from, uh, GM Del Demp says Anthony Davis will play the remainder of the, t- uh, the season. A number of factors contributed. Ultimately, Anthony made it clear to us that he wants to play and he gives our team the best opportunity to win games. No big deal there. But then the moreover, the Pelicans want to preserve the integrity of the game and align our organization with NBA policies. That, to me, is a shot fire tampering stuff. Right. And then it also says, we believe Anthony playing upholds the values that are in the best interest of the NBA and its fans. We look forward to seeing Anthony and Pelicans uniform again. I think it's kind of a middle finger to everybody. Like, I think it's to Anthony uh, Davis himself. I think it's to LeBron. I think it's to the Lakers. And there's even a conspiracy theory that Coca brought up that's going around. I don't know if I buy this, but Gail Benson, who owns... The team yeah. also owns the New Orleans Saints. They're upset that the Rams got in the Super Bowl, and that's why they hijacked this whole deal. You would have to. Be, <laughs> that would be really would, devious. That's right? like Cruella Deville type stuff. If you're <laughs> yes. if you're like if you're doing that, here's what I want to ask you about this statement from Dell Demps. Yeah. How many people, and how long did it take to craft this? <laughs> oh, probably at least like six or seven sets of eyeballs. Yes. There was probably like five or six drafts where they said too much and then they yes. just back over the top. The funny thing about it is they probably came out and they're like, yes, this is the statement that we're going to put out there. We're going to show them just the right, you know, we're going to show them just a minor amount of, um, yeah, I don't know that, that, but that's sad. You know what I mean? Like on a, on a, on some level, that's sad for New Orleans that like, that's what you would take your joy in. And I agree right. with you. Like, <laughs> right. I think that like this whole process, that's their big win. Like, yeah, we stuck it. We stuck it to the NBA. We stuck it to the Lakers. You're like, what? well, you heard the report too, that it was so devious that when they were going back and forth on the Lakers, cause I don't know if you were, I think it was too, I think you were out, but I was saying, how are all these leaks happening? Who's letting this information yeah. out? Then you come out to find that it was the Pelicans because they wanted to see dissension on the Lakers and see that team divided. Like that to me is evil genius right there. It, it, I mean, all this and you were leaking all those trades that kept getting bumped up and bumped up and bumped up. And it was just <laughs> to create the dissension that you saw in Indiana. Like that's some evil genius type stuff. Um, a good for both sides in this one. Seriously, good for the Lakers. We just we touched on that a segment yep. ago. Like, don't know that you had to like you were getting played from the beginning. Like, <laughs> right, right. but you were bidding against yourself the whole time. Like, good for you for not like like mortgaging the whole entire future uh, uh for that and giving up just everything that could even helped him as you go into the next chapter there in L.A. But from the Pelican side, like, you don't think that deal is going to still be there, right? You know, I mean, seriously, right. you don't think that the, the LeBron's still going to be pressuring the Lakers to get him Anthony Davis this summer right. going into next year's trade deadline you now have boston involved yep. like where boston it, that was interesting to me that the rumors came out that uh you know jason tatum jason tatum jason tatum and as soon as the deadline passed danny Ainge just like no 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 bro never promised you that right like you could get fleeced again del dems good luck with that but exactly. for, for right now good for you like there's no rush into this they're like you're gonna have way more you, you get to see if the uh if New York gets a number one pick, there are a lot of things that become uh, playable options for the Pelicans now. Also, they can't tank now because Anthony Davis, you're assuming, is going to give them better chances to win. Maybe that's what they were referring to as far as integrity of the game, the way it's supposed to be played, and yet it might not be the best business thing. I think it would be fantastic if they sat him. 
Right? And just Fantastic. had him sitting there. Like, yeah, dog, no, he's he doesn't give us the best chance to win. <laughs> right. Sorry. Like, teams do it all the time with right. like, with middle-of-the-pack NBA players, right? Like, yep. they're bad teams. They might lose their their star. Let's use the, like, the Cavs last year. Right. right. Like, they lose LeBron, but they still have guys that, that are, that are like, uh, J.R. Smith and guys like that that are better. Right. They will tell you, though, that they're going young because that's the future. What's the difference here? Right, none. Well, none. Right. Anthony Davis isn't playing for you anymore. The rest of that team is your future. Sit him down. <laughs> I love it. Sit him down and tell people, hey, we're, look, he doesn't represent our future. We're going to go with the young guys. Develop. I, dude, I would love that because if anyone ever has beef with the NBA for allowing that to happen, <laughs> they would have to put a stop to it there. They sit down and Anthony Davis <laughs> – but you've set precedent over and over again for people being able to do it. I, I think it's fantastic. All right, get Dell Dumps on the phone. You got to get him to tell him to sit him. I want yeah. to see it happen. Sit, his, sit his behind. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. So it's time for socially relevant, where we're going to talk about what we already talked about. Why are you guys laughing at me? <laughs> there was something like really loud in our yeah. ears. Oh. Almost blew out our eardrums. We're good now. You sound perfect. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I was like, I didn't say anything funny yet. All right. So we already talked about this, but earlier this week there was a video going around of Patrick Mahomes showing off his basketball skills. But unfortunately for all of us who enjoyed watching that video of Mahomes ball out, Chiefs general manager Brett Veach is shutting it down. He said, "Quote." As soon as I saw it, it probably took me about two seconds to call his agent and tell him that was a big no-no. The kingdom can rest assured that we have that under control. No more basketball for Pat. He continued by saying that Mahomes is just too competitive of a person to play basketball without going a little too hard. So, guys, was it smart to play it safe with him, or should he be able to play a game of pickup? This is tough. See, I I hate this for Patrick Mahomes. Because think about when you're 23, 24, 25 years old, even if you didn't play the NBA like you did, like one of the things you love to do was get a game and run. Right. Like you get it's a good workout, it's fun, it's competitive, you get your juices flowing. Every like a ton of dudes, I would say way more than half, probably 70% of the NFL guys play basketball as a way to stay in shape. Yeah. And now all of a sudden they're saying, "Well, you're the MVP, you can't. It's going to be hard." And ultimately, I think this was probably the Chiefs saying, "This is your warning." If you get hurt, we're not paying you. And like, that's the bottom line where his agent has to step in and say, you know, you're still on your rookie deal. You don't have the huge $200 million contract that everybody thinks you're going to get yet. Yeah. So now you take that information and do with what you want. And now like, what do you do if you're Patrick Mahomes? Shut that down. You don't play or, anymore. You know what you do is you get yourself a nice little private game. Yeah. Like with some people that you really trust. You don't walk into damn LA fitness and hoop where people <laughs> are going to have their cell dudes. phones up, right? right? Like that's what you do. You get yourself a nice private game. It is interesting though. Cause like, you know, my dad back when, when he was at University of Miami, like, sure. I love the football team. I love going to the games. Like I'd be in the weight room with those dudes, but like some of their favorite times and some of mine was watching their like, the pickup games. And I'd get in them from time to time. I was a little kind of too good for the games, but my dad would play. Everybody on that football team thought they were like a gangster basketball player. Oh, yes. And it was, it would get heated in there. Like they would really get it going. And so that's the type of game that I think Patrick Mahomes should be in. Teammates, friends, something like that, where everybody's got this, kind of the same stuff at stake. Ain't nobody really trying to hurt each other, but you're trying to get your competitive juices flowing. Hannah, did you get that humble brag right there? I was too good for the game. Did you hear that? I caught it. I caught it. I love And it is prohibited in his contract. In every, in every yeah, NFL sure. standard contract, it says any activity. Uh, there actually is a list. So I used to go skiing. Here's the thing. He knows now. He can still maybe go to do it. I don't have a problem if he still plays. You just have to know. I used to go skiing. Surfing is prohibited. A lot of guys surf. Bungee jumping, diving, skydiving, scuba diving, rock or mountain climbing. Remember Tom Brady sure. off the cliff? Sure. And like the Patriots are like, 
uh-oh, but you can't. Like, the guy's still going to have fun. They're still going to live their lives. It's up to them to make that personal deal. I'm pretty sure that you're not supposed to play pickup basketball in NBA contracts. <laughs> right. Like, it probably is. You're yeah. probably not. Unless it's sanctioned by the NBA, you're not supposed to be involved in it. But to your point, like, guys are going to do what guys do, man. But here's the question for me, uh, or for you, from me. If Patrick Mahomes isn't in there, like, going all and one mixtape, right. do people really care? Like, let's say it was just a clip of him just like catching and shooting three? a jump shot. Probably they're probably still upset because you, you know so he's playing in a game. I yeah. think they are, but yeah, he's in traffic there through the yeah, lane. He's like yes, putting the step back on ACL at, at I risk. I still like, think they're probably pretty yeah. upset. Wait, so Raja, do you think that conversation between him and his agent was like, "Hey, you can still do this. Just don't do it a in a public place and b like don't post it." No, I think it's like, "Hey, listen, bro, you got to be smarter than that, right? Like, you, what are you doing? Like, I, I don't know. It's any good? Yeah, like you can't do that. Like, and and I don't know that he would have told him to go ahead and do it behind closed doors, but he ser- certainly should ask the young fella, like, "Yo, dude, what are you doing? Right, at LA Fitness, <laughs> right? All right, Kyler Murray. There was some news on Kyler Murray. Somewhat. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. What we learned is that Kyler Murray is going to attend the combine. Okay. Here's why I think we're just kicking the can down the road just a little bit further. I don't think this is, oh, he's going to play in the NFL yet. I want to see what he does with spring training because right. that's coming up within a week. I still think there's a possibility, even though Coca's fighting with me on it, but we've, we've exposed Coca for not having the, the best information. <laughs> so he could still go to spring training and then he could take off. Two yeah. nights and say, hey, guys, I got to go do my thing. I'm assuming the A's obviously know what's at stake here. They could say, all right, they might not be happy about it, but he can say, I'm going to go to the combine. He could go to the combine for a couple nights, do his interviews, mm-hmm. potentially throw if he wanted to, because if his spring training isn't that rigorous, he could still be working out somewhat doing that. And then he goes back to the A's and kind of lets the process continue to move. If he doesn't show up to spring training, then I think that's a sign that, oh, Kyler Murray's all in on the NFL, but we don't know that yet. Hasn't he said isn't he on record as saying I'm he's trying to find to... out what he said and what he hasn't said? Because as we covered on Monday, when he was in Atlanta last week, you, it was so indecisive. It was hard to figure out what he was going to do. Yes. You know, okay. like I asked him timing wise, what, when are you going to make this decision? And he said before the combine. And then he said, no, no, no. I mean, before the spring training. And I like, it was just, I don't think he knew at the time. Um, do you imagine he throws at at his at the combine? We had this argument off air too. With I don't think he has to because guys, Sam Darnold chose not to do it. He wanted to have it in a controlled environment, in his own home. Uh, different guys have different reasons. How many high profile guys sure. lately have thrown at the combine? Like Baker Mayfield did. Okay. There are other guys that have. Um, ultimately, to me, I used to be like, "What are you hiding? Like, right. why wouldn't you want to throw?" And that was a big beef I had with Sam Darnold last year. Like, why don't you want to throw? Because the best part about the combine, and this is why the scouts like it, you're right next to Dwayne Haskins. You're right next to, as you can see, Dwayne Haskins make a throw, go back to the line, and pair velocity. Yes, yes, and you correct. Can see it come off their arm right. right after the other. So it's a lot easier to comp and say, all right, I just saw those guys throw 10 balls. I like him better. Right. And I think that's why I'm, I'm always like, are you scared to throw? Like, you don't want to go toe-to-toe with these guys? That's why Baker Mayfield, I was like, boom, he wants to go and say, I'm the best. I want a guy with that type He's of He's different. He is different. He's different. He, he is. is different. Do you think Kyler Murray has to, like... I don't think he has to do anything. I think he could show up at the Combine, and like uh, other guys have done this before, Jameis Winston, I'm pretty sure, did this because he needed to rehab his image after all the stuff right. that went down to Florida State. So he just wanted to get those personal meetings where it's kind of like speed dating. Yep. You're running through the Combine rooms, and you get 15 minutes with each team, and you want to just talk to the team. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. You could just you, or you could actually get your physical. So you go through that, which is a that's probably one day of activity, and the other day is working out. 
So you could say, all right, I'll go through the physicals. Everybody can see I'm healthy. I don't have any major issues. We're good. And then you don't have to throw at all or run or do the bench press or anything. You should avoid the physical. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> go there and do everything except the physical. Like, peace out. Well, the physical, I'm talking more not the height and weight, but like the doctors. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, where yeah. The, phys- the doctors are Shoulders good. Yeah, you the good. groin at the you know, latter portion of the season. So I'm sure they want to check out that. But I don't think we learned anything today. I think we'll learn it in the next week or two. So hold off on that Kyler Murray news. All right, welcome back. Canel and Bell finished off some leftovers. So our producer, Matt Coca. Yeah. And I, I, I never knew this, but we had a Twitter spat back in the day. Wow. And he's been saving it in his back Dude. pocket when it makes me look like a jerk. Dude. Like, and it really <laughs> does, like the responses that we got out of it. But he's mad because we both went after him today. The fact that he's held on to this for that long. That tells you a lot about him. About, it tells you a lot about him. I think he's got issues. We'll have to work on those, some of those anger issues after the show. We, you've been through the anger management council. Yeah, I've done that. Yes, I can give you a couple. And notice how silent it is. Six, five. Yes. Yeah, take switch the left from the right brain. Correct. Exactly. All right. Major League Baseball, uh, is, used to be America's pastime. Uh You know, probably the most popular sport in the country in the 50s and 60s. NFL takes it over. NBA is more popular than it now. Uh, you could argue the salaries are still there and they're still good regionally. It's a good sport, but, Rob Manford, the commissioner of baseball and the players association have been aware of this kind of baseball, just losing interest Mm -hmm. slowly over the last decade. So they're looking at, Hey, how can we change the game to make it go faster? That's been the biggest thing I think from major league baseball is they want to speed up the games. So some of these are kind of crazy because the first one that jumps out to me is the three batter minimum for pitchers. I actually like it because when you're watching this uh, last year's playoffs and with analytics that are involved and you're having teams approach this with a bullpen approach where they have a starter who doesn't even you know he pitches one inning but then you see how many times you see a pitcher for comes in and he's a lefty specialist and he gets one batter and then they go back to the pen and they yes. make another change and it's, it just drags Drag, on. yeah it's dragging game out. I actually love this one but here's my question for you Rajan I think the 20 second pitch clock would be perfect yep because I don't think you have to here's where I would start it I wouldn't necessarily have a pitch clock like you have a play clock in football or a shot clock in basketball. Mm-hmm. I would have the umpire, kind of one of the umpires have a stopwatch. And then you just have it, and he's paying attention to it. So you're not, like, calling a ball if he misses it by one second. But you're just kind of like, if there's a guy that's becoming a problem, you say, hey, you know, you got to watch it. Give him a warning. First. Yeah. Say, hey, pick it's like it up. pace of playing golf. Exactly. Like, if i got to warn you five times about it, like, maybe i got to figure out what the penalty for that is. But you're not going to be penalizing every time he misses Exactly. It. So I think that's a way they could do it. They've also looked at lowering the mound and potentially moving it back, which I think is – the moving it back thing is crazy. Lowering it a little bit, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Trying to increase some of the offense, take away some of the advantages for the pitchers because – you're seeing other home runs or strikeouts. I think they want to see the ball in play, in play more. Right. So I think that would be a potential one. The other one that I think just makes sense, and I think it's, I think this would be the first one that gets implemented, but not now because it's too close to the season, is a universal DH. Like, I don't think in what sport does it make sense to have a different set of rules Ridiculous. for different conferences? Like, could you imagine if they had the three point line was like the old college line in the Eastern Conference and they moved it back in the West? Like, it yeah. just, why, why does it make any sense to have that? No, that's silly. Like I, I generally like bash on MLB. Right. It's only because they, they, you know, they get things wrong a right. little bit. Uh, but these, I, I, it is hard to watch. It's hard. Uh, they got these right though. Some of them, like, yeah. you know, I, I agree with you on the, the three batter minimum for pitchers. It's the worst. It's, it's one of the things that I cannot stand about watching is the one pitch. And now I got to wait for this guy to warm up and go <laughs> yes. back to the bullpen. That's ridiculous. Um, and, and the, I never understood the DH in one league versus the other. Like I just thought, like to your point, no other 
sport has two sets of rules for its different conferences. Like that doesn't make any sense. Here's the thing I think, cause these, these obviously it was too late when you talk about a DH rule, like that would change roster dynamics. So they're not going to implement it this season. It's way too close to the season when this report came out. But my question to be for you, cause you're not a baseball vabid fan. Mm-hmm. I like baseball. I don't love watching games for right. three hours. They're trying to implement some of these rules to speed it up. Ultimately, they probably only knock about 15 minutes from the game. Yeah, Is that the difference? No. I think people either get baseball or you don't. I think they'd be better off trying to market <laughs> their stars a little bit better, like Mike Trout, who nobody kind of he walks around the streets, probably doesn't know. Bryce Harper, put him out there. I do think you should try to encourage offense, but I, ultimately I don't think the, the length of the game is going to do anything if you knock off 15 minutes. I just think people are into baseball or they're not. And Correct. they should try to embrace the people that like baseball and encourage them to keep watching as opposed to drawing in new fans. I just don't know if that's going to work yeah. in today's environment. 15 minutes isn't getting the young bell children to like tune into baseball. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're right. just not into it. I actually grew up, and I said this on the last, I grew up watching baseball. Like I was a baseball Did fan. You play when you were little? Yeah, dude, I played little league. Like it was my favorite sport. You know, I was a huge Cubs fan like and so I love to watch like who was it like Ryan Sandberg and yeah. Andre Dawson and like what was oh. the pit the, yeah what was the pitcher uh Sunderland was it uh no what was his name um it doesn't matter but I loved the Cubs so I watched baseball loved it right um it's just a hard pitch to kids these days like they want everything kids today want they want it now fans. right yeah they want it now like you could barely keep them engaged in basketball and football my son I walk into the room and he's playing like John Madden football, right? He's playing Madden and he's got his ear pods on talking and, to us and mind. he's watching a video on YouTube of somebody playing Fortnite. Like that type of attention span is like, it's absurd. You're not getting a kid like that to watch any kind of like baseball. Right. I took him out to play baseball, both of them. Cause I'm, I want them to play, like play something different. Um, especially for my older one who's a quarterback. Like I'm like, look, this could be great. Yeah. Play baseball. They're standing out there like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, if, if he's going to look miserable, not hitting. It's yeah. Boring. Like I'm like, all right, I'm not going to make you do it because now I'm miserable. So like, I I don't know that that fixes um, their dilemma in terms of getting younger fans into the game. Last part of the rule, they should just call it the Kyler Murray rule. So they actually are going to have a uh, a deal where two sport amateurs can actually sign major league contracts, which is something Kyler Murray's talked about being able to do anyway. So I think that gets done. Uh, NBA, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, they square off uh, Saturday. You've got kind of, I think what you have is two totally different types of players, like in two types of mindsets, like James Harden's Mr. Cool laid back you know, doesn't look, makes it look effortless. And Russell Westbrook goes out there hundred miles an hour and has all this athleticism, both going for kind of these two different streaks. James Harden, 28 straight games with 30 points. Russell Westbrook is eight straight uh, with triple doubles. What's what gives here? I think they both uh, continue their streaks. Yeah. I think both of the streaks are phenomenal. Like James Harden, what he's been able to do this year, although like for the purity of the game, like I've had my issues with it. It is phenomenal what he's able to do scoring the ball. What though. is harder though? Because I think, a, I think a lot of guys, if they wanted to, could get triple doubles because they're effort things. I don't know if a guys could go out there and get thirty, you know, twenty-eight straight thirty-point games. I think it's harder to get buckets than it is to get the triple double. That's a really tough one, man. What you is think, that? So you it's, think that's eight is straight triple hard. doubles? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never triple double. I mean, I rarely scored thirty either. But <laughs> like, <laughs> right. it's it's uh. I probably say the triple double. What he's had thirty games. How many games has he had in thirty? Thirty plus? straight. It's probably or twenty eight straight with thirty. It's probably plus. that one. Yeah. Uh, I do think though. I want to say this. You're watching a maturation like of Russell Westbrook. Um, that's going to be interesting to see it play out because he's starting to trust like Paul George and his ability to work, and and Russ can just do all the other little things, and that's pretty cool. Uh, yep. All right. Maybe a championship at some point for for OKC. Have a good weekend. Bye, guys.